It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. My name is David, and I am here with my other host, Mr. Chris Craig. Chris, how are you doing this evening? No complaints, man. How are you? I am well. I uh, just had a long day at work, but uh, home nonetheless. And I'm going to talk about some um, some good music here tonight. It's uh, It's been a while since it's just been the two of us. Yeah, of what? I mean, I guess we did. I don't think we've done anything since we did our two recent interviews, have we? No, and both of those so. were uh, were a lot of fun. And thanks again to Kate and Brooks for uh, getting the Striper interview set up and uh Thanks to him for sitting in on the Todd Pool interview. Um, I know we mentioned the Striper interview a little bit when we interviewed Todd, but the the Todd interview was great, and he's a great guest as always. Yeah, it's good to have him on. And um, as we said before, we're just uh, we're happy for the guy. He's got this album coming out. Uh, looking forward to hearing it August ninth, right? Yeah, August the ninth. Okay. the uh, The new single is out, and uh, new video. Uh, for how does it feel? And I know there was, you know, some pushback from some people about the the way the first single sounded. Said it didn't sound, you know, like classic Roxy. But th- this one does sound more like classic Roxy, and it's a really, really good song and a really well done video that they put out. Yeah, I think it. I mean, it still doesn't sound like like want song. Let's let's be honest. But I think it is. I mean, I. I definitely think it's probably my favorite thing that I've heard of Todd's probably since something off of rock, since off want song. I mean, I think that song is that good. I love it. I do too. I've listened to it many, many times. Yeah, I do too. And it's, it's gotten a lot of, I know views on like YouTube and stuff like that. And, uh, I know they've already shot the third, um, video and that single, he told me the way he acted, it would be coming out before the album. So, um, and I've heard that song actually, and it's uh, it's really good. And it's, uh, if, I believe, if he told us correctly that the the new video is going to be kind of a throwback to like a classic '80s rock video. Yeah, well, you know, you you say now that you say that, say that he's they're going to do a single soon. That it, it would make sense because I know they're uh, they're going to be opening for Warrant Friday, and I know they wanted to get some of the live footage to uh, incorporate into a video, so. I would think they'll probably. I don't know this. Todd doesn't. He may have told us. May may not have. I can't remember. But I would think what they would do is go ahead and 
use that live footage, cut the video, and then you don't release a song until you have the video and you release them on the same day, the song and video, just like they did. Um, for, uh, geez, I can't even think of the name of the song. I said I love it so much. How does it do. feel? How does it feel? Yeah, so I don't think they're probably going to do the same type thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, there, if the album, if, there, if there's many more How Does It Feels on it, then it, it's going to be... I think it's going to be a very good album. And I, I, I told you, I really do have high hopes for it at this point. You know, after hearing that song, the one you're talking about that's going to be released, I, you know, heard some of that. Um, Silver Linings really grew on me. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing it. Me too. Looking forward to hearing those guys at uh, the Rockin' Pod Expo in Nashville on August the 10th. Chris and I will be there, and Caton's going to be with us. And uh, hopefully that's going to be a good time. And um We'll get a, a couple of good interviews. It won't be as many as last year, uh, just because that wore us out um, <laughs> interviewing. We think we probably did like ten interviews that day and didn't really get to look around and and do anything else. But um, it, and it's not that there's necessarily that much to see. It's just it was it was too much from a energy standpoint. You know, it was it just. You wanted a time to just have a break, you know, and I, and I remember we didn't have a whole lot of them. No. and It was just straight through. I signed us up for a few the other day. We're not going to get all of them. So I, I, in my head, I have us probably doing maybe three. And then we talked about just doing kind of an on-the-spot podcast with uh, maybe a few other podcasters and, and have Kate involved. And so we'll see how all that goes. But we'll how do get- you – I'm sorry. How do you know we're not going to? I thought we, I thought you when I when you showed me that sheet of who you were signed up for. I thought I mean we won't name names here, but I thought you looked like the other people you put your name down for. Nobody it's really signed up for. Oh, that's changed. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and so because um, I think there's going to be like 33 podcasts there this year, and okay. so uh, anyway, there's a couple that everybody signed up for, and so um, anyway, I, I'll tell you when we're not recording kind of okay. what's going on with that but yeah that'd be fun but uh chris i know for for the for you and i both man the last couple of weeks there's just been a slew of good music releases yeah really have been um i myself you know i've got so really what i've got and i, I may who knows maybe i'll save a couple of these but i'll at least go over the three new albums that i've been into and of course I take that back. It's two albums that I've been into, two new ones, but I've been listening to a lot of other stuff. The the two new ones that I've been listening to, you know, um, I, I, we've talked about them, or I've talked about them a lot on this on this podcast, and it's uh, Titus Andronicus. Um, I just, I, I love this band, and the, the last record that they did, it, and it was only a year ago, Max. I mean, it was it was in 2018. And I, and I know that was the plan all along, was to re- release these albums soon after the, each other, because I think they were pretty much already in the can. Um, but the first record, or the first one that they released, it, it's not that it was bad, it just, it was so different. And it was purposeful. I mean, it was, they're a very kind of noisy, chaotic, punkish rock band. And that album was just so mellow, slow, laid back. And uh, the new one came out about two or three weeks ago, and it is called An Obelisk, and it is The Noise Came Back, let's just say that. It's produced by, you know, one of the 
kings of noises, and that and that's a ball mold of you know Husker Du, Sugar, and I really really like this album. I mean, the first single that I heard is probably still my favorite one on that, and that's I Blame Society. But the first song, of course, yeah, I just think it kills. It's a song called Just Like Ringing a Just Like Ringing a Bell. Um, if you never heard these guys, if you want to hear something a little bit different, you know, give them a shot. Um, it's kind of like, you know, I remember when the when the first time I ever heard the Monitor, which is an album I absolutely love. I I think I was telling people it's almost like listening to a little Springsteen with bright eyes and mixed with pick a punk band, you know, and that's kind of what I came up with. But, um, yeah, yeah, I really like that. And then the other one that came out is, uh, Jay Jackson. This is, uh, her second album and it's called wilderness. And I know David, you had mentioned, we still haven't done it before, but one where we, do a podcast just on favorite female vocalists and mm-hmm. i'll tell you this girl this girl would make the list for sure i uh I, it's she is a uh i found that about her because mike ness of social Dist- of social distortion discovered her and uh he produced the first one and this one as well and i think this this new one is a step up i like it better than the first one great great album the, the title track wilderness is just great uh, multiple choice don't say that I love you. Bottle it up. I mean, it's it, it's all good. I like every single song on this album. Um, just really, really into that. I mean, I I would say that Jay Jackson so far. I'd, I'd at least put it in probably my top five albums that I've heard so far this year, as far as new. And she just um, released one last year, right? Because I think I have it. It's been no, it's been a little bit longer. It's probably been it's probably been two to three. It's, it's been since it we wasn't that long ago. It's been since we started the podcast because I've got it. Yeah, so probably two years. The, probably did the two. did the last album kind of have like a western motif to it? I think you're thinking of Lindy Ortega. That's who I'm thinking of. Sorry, yeah, Lindy Ortega. Lindy Ortega. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this this girl is kind of. I, I would put her in that in that ballpark where she's definitely. There is a country element to her, her music for sure. It's definitely country Americana. Um, yeah, that's where that's where I'd throw her in. But she is she's right up there with Wendy for me as far as these female vocalists. You know, but, but they they should be far 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 bigger than they are. But that's that's the new stuff I've listed. I'll, I'll, I'll name a couple of other things here in a second. Let me, I'm gonna go and get your uh, your new stuff well, out. I was gonna ask you: Have you heard? I've got to make sure I got the name right before. Uh, um, well, go any further with it. I guess I may just have to stumble through it. Um, have you heard about kind of the new country female supergroup? I don't guess. All right, it's going to be I don't I can't remember the other two, but it's Brandy Carlisle and Amanda Shires and they're calling themselves the Highway Women. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I have I have heard of that. Uh, so anyway, that that has really piqued my interest cuz I I follow them on um Instagram and I guess they've been doing some video shoots or whatever and um I think that's got a lot of potential over it cuz I you know, Amanda Shires isn't going to do anything that sounds like current country music and Brandy Carlisle I don't think is either. 
Well, and that's and that's what Jay Jackson is. Uh, not to steal your thunder, but that's what Jay Jackson is. I mean, she's not going to sound. Well, I mean, look. Here's the thing. In all honesty, you say it's not going to sound anything like country music, but they all kind of sound probably closer to traditional country music than what you hear today. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to sound like Carrie Underwood yeah, I mean, or that kind of stuff. Sans Casey Musgraves. I mean, she's at least that, especially that first album. I mean, that was that was about as close to traditional country as you know Nashville is going to ever get. Right. And I mean, that girl does have some, especially on that first record, she does have some real country. But Jay Jackson, uh, you know, Lindy Ortega, those, those are those girls are real country. And uh, I mean, at least, well, Lindy especially is. And then, you know, I definitely with um, <clears throat> Brandy Carlisle, you know, that was the one we just recently discussed when we were trying to dig into m- new music. And yeah, she's definitely that Americana, but you can hear the you can hear the country in her. For sure. Now, Amanda Shires, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not familiar with her. I know who she is. I know she, you know, she married to Jason Isbell. But well, she kind of put, familiar. she kind of put out last year an album. I, th- I had it in my top ten. It's, it was more like a, it wasn't, it was more of a pop album, but it wasn't a pop album in the sense of being like a sellout. You know, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you would appreciate if you listen to it, but. You know, she's a fiddle player, and that's kind of her thing. It, it, you know, all her other albums are like traditional country sounding. You know, with her playing the fiddle, and so uh, yeah, I'm. I think that's going to be inter- interesting uh, to hear how that comes out. Um, all right, so there are two albums that came out a couple of weeks ago that honestly, uh, I probably would have to some extent had the Liam Gallagher adage. I don't have to listen to it to know I don't like it, but. <laughs> But uh, man, blow, has blown me away. The first one is the new album "Help a Stranger" from the Rockin' Tours, and I, I admit, admittedly, am not like a Jack White disciple or anything like that. But my buddy Bobby that I work with, he is, and uh, he was like, "You got to give this album a try." He said, "I really think you'll like it." And so I was going on vacation with my wife and had like a seven-hour drive, and. Uh, I put it on and instantly like five songs. In, I was like five songs in and all of them were great. And I was like, wow, I, I really like this. And so I have listened to that whole album probably 15 or 20 times all the way through. If uh, you put a gun to my head today and said, what's your album of the year? It's my album of the year. It's that good. It's got a little bit of everything in it. It's got some country. It's got some punk. It's just got some rock. It's got some arena rock to it. Um, really, really really impressed with it and then the next one is the latest album i think it's called let's rock by the black keys now i did like um i I, there are two black keys albums that i have liked uh i liked el camino and the one before it um and i've drawn a blank on what it was called but it had like everlasting um everlasting love or everlasting light i can't remember and howling for you on it I like that. The The one that came out after El Camino, the last one, uh, I think it's called uh, Turn Blue or something like that, I thought was horrible. But I, 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 I'm not one of these people that likes their whole catalog. And this one, you know, it took, a, took them a long time to put this out, and it's well worth the wait. Um, ple- very pleasantly surprised with that. It would probably, if it's not in my top ten, it would be close as of right now. But two bands that... Um, that, that just really surprised me that uh rock and tour rock and tours album chris i think you would like it 
Uh, I'm willing to try that one because, you know, Jack White is a guy that I'm like you. I don't, I don't dislike, but I'm not, I'm not a fan. You know, yeah. he, um, he's fine. And I think what I do like about him is I like the way he's, I like the way he's a, he's a pretty eclectic guy and he's really diverse musically. Um, so, and I have like, you know, especially the early uh, White Stripe stuff. I did like some of that stuff. And, of course, I love, love, love the album he did. He produced for uh, Loretta Lynn. So there's, some, there's enough to get me interested in him. The Black Keys, uh, I'm, yeah, let's, let's go with the uh, Gallagher quote. <laughs> well, that, know, I, don't have to, I don't have to listen to it to know I don't like it. You, uh, you, they're just not my thing. You need, on, that, on, on the uh, Rockin' Tours album, you need to listen to it all the way through because there's, there's three or four songs on there that are kind of country sounding that I really think you would really like. And then the single Born and Raised, man, that's just, that is, that is almost like the definition of uh, arena oriented rock. Uh, just uh, really, really, really good. One of the things that always kind of frustrated me about the White Stripes, I like some of their stuff, especially uh, uh, some of the, um, oh, what was the, like uh, the album that had Blue Orchid and my doorbell and stuff like that on it. But, there, you, it was a hard time getting a sense of melody because there wasn't a bass player, and she's basically just banging the drums away to hit whatever rhythm he's got going with the guitar. But this is, you know, a full band, and he has other people doing vocals on it, and so it's really, really good. And I think um, I'm going to try to get one, one at Rockin' Pod. You know, he has that Third Man Records place over yeah. there. I want to try to at least go and take a look at that. And yeah, I've been. I've been. Is it cool? Small. Is it okay? Real small. So yeah, I'd yeah. like to see that. But yeah, I, I would I would um, recommend those two albums uh, to anybody to listen to. And uh, the new Government Mule Live album is phenomenal. Uh, it's the best thing that they've put out. Best live album they've ever put out. And then, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. I'll, I'll remember it and talk about it all the next time. Um, well. Well, I guess the only like I mean I've got I've got several for whatever reason I've just been some of them have been kind of late discoveries and I know I'm you know it's funny like David sometimes you and I will go week after week we're on this thing and we're on a roll but lately when we're doing things man I don't know if we're going to do this next week or we're going to do it in a month right so I may lose interest or not not lose interest but they not be may not be heavy in rotation at this time so one thing I would bring up that I, I finally got a copy of it um and i've told you this but um michael graves everybody of course knows i'm a big michael graves fan who replaced glenn in the misfits after um if you've heard our interview you'd already know this but um and if you haven't heard our interview listen to our interview we're proud of it but um after the miss after uh, the misfits the, the next thing he did was with dr chud the drummer of the misfits and it was a project they called graves and uh Album's called Web of, Web of Dharma. And David, if you remember, I even asked him, like, man, how do I get a copy of this? Yeah, and he and was he like, said, you got to talk to him. Yeah, you got to talk to the abominable Dr. Chud. And like, I'm thinking to myself, it's crazy, though, man. It has your name on it. <laughs> and you wrote the songs. But anyway, um, the only way you can listen to this thing is on YouTube. And everybody knows listening to an album on YouTube is a pain. Because if you got to go to your browser, do anything like that, you'll lose it. And this this album is 
to me, I, I mean, I had to pay 70 bucks for this, and I'm pretty sure I bought it from Dr. Chud because it was in Jersey, and he, he, the same guy in Jersey sells these and sells some autographed by Dr. Chud, and they're all shrink-wrapped. Um, but uh, this was so worth the 70 bucks because, man, I think this is, this is as good as his Misfits records. Uh, this is one of my favorite things he's ever done. It has a couple of the best songs of his career, like Ophelia and One Million Light Years from Her. Those two songs alone, if you've ever liked anything you've heard of, of Michael Graves, listen to those two songs. You can, like I said, the only way you're going to get it, unless you want to pay 70 bucks like I did, go to YouTube. But it's a shame this album cannot be found because, my God, is it good. And, um, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited because we haven't seen it. I haven't seen it official on Growler's website, but from what I've seen through Facebook, it looks like Grace is going to be coming here in October, playing the Misfits albums, both of them, beginning to end. And I'm so fired up for that. I will bring my Graves CD and get that get that autograph from the man. Yeah, I've already taken off work those two days. Oh, that's awesome. That's going to be fun. But yeah. um, the only the uh, the other two things that I've I've been listening to and uh, I mean we, we got to change this up a bit it's, it's just my three selections weren't already vastly different than the other and yours being different Let, let's uh, let's really throw it out there um, Osmond Brothers I mean Osmond no, no we're, we're going to go with some uh, some more Viking death metal <laughs> um, but uh, not Amon Amar a band I, I found out about them because Richard Christie always tweets about these guys they're called Insomnium they did an album called Winter's Gate. I've listened to their other stuff, and it's good. But it, but Winter's Gate, it is typically it's like it's it's kind of like um, it, it's similar to Modern Mars in the fact that the same kind of vocal styles and um, just super super melodic music. And what's really cool about this album, Winter's Gate, it, it sounds very weird, but the album Winter's Gate is technically I mean, if you look at it, there's seven, there's seven tracks, but it's Winter's Gate Part 1, Winter's Gate Part 2, Winter's Gate Part 3, you get the picture. So it's really one song. And so it's actually, it's, it's 40 minutes of, a, of one song, and it's just a continual running album. So if you think you can listen to Little Viking Metal, um, you can stomach it. It's, it's a cool listen. Uh, really, really love that record. And... Um, the last thing I was going to mention, and and this is one I want you to try, David. Um, may not be quite for you, but uh, I don't think Titus is for you. I don't think Insomniums for you. Jay Jackson might be. I know you like the gray stuff, but this is a band my cousin recommended to me, probably I don't know three or four years ago, and he's got really good taste in music. And uh, it's a band called Frightened Rabbit, <laughs> and well, I, I didn't know you'd be have as much of a reaction because I thought you may have heard of them just because it was about a year ago that the singer committed suicide. And um, if you, there's, I believe they're, they're Scottish. And if you listen to their music, it's uh, I'm not making a joke here, but I think it's kind of obvious the guy was, you know, not the happiest. The song, it's it's kind of a downer, but it's a really, I mean, the album I'm going to recommend just listening to is uh wait let me get it it is painting of a panic attack 
and I mean the guy the guy I think suffered from major major depression but um so not to put a downer on it but man it's a really 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 good record and um yeah my cousin recommended him to him before he had passed but I mean for for people listening uh, if you want to have something just kind of softer you know I don't know indie kind of sad bastard but you want to change it up a bit give that record a listen i mean it it is it i think it's a beautiful album i really do um it's sad and you it gets kind of depressing knowing knowing about the guy but highly recommend that all all these albums like i, I know i'm talking a lot about music but I, I told david before we started this like man this is you're you're getting me at i mean i guess take your pick good or a bad time am i going to talk too much because i've got so much to talk about or you know, I, I don't know. It's I've just I've been into a lot of stuff lately, and those are those are the, those are the albums that are the five that are going nonstop for me right now. Um, what's so, our What's our boy Corpse Grinder been up to? <laughs> you know, I haven't seen anything interesting from him lately. Um, yeah, I, mean, I haven't. Other than that, he got, I know he got um, one of those metal mags. Uh, at Father's Day, named him one of the top metal dads of um, one of the top dads in metal, and a very, in a very typical corpse grinder move, he was very kind, thanking them for the the recognition. <laughs> you know, he just yeah, he seems like such a good dude. Um, hey, and last thing before we move on, I did. You and I never talked about this. I never told you I saw this. I don't know if you did. But I saw uh, the movie, and I rarely go to movies. But I, I saw it yesterday. You know what I'm talking about? Is that the movie about if the if the Beatles didn't ever exist? Yeah, that was that was interesting. It, it was it was a pretty cool little movie. I mean, it's not the greatest, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it was interesting. I just I, I thought I'd bring that up. I don't know if you'd seen it. <clears throat> I haven't seen it. I have it on my list of things to watch. I, 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 it's gotten a lot of good press. Yeah, it has. It, it's probably not as good me as people make it out to be but i but i do recommend it so that that tells you i did enjoy it hey real quick you think like uh-huh. when corpse grinder when they're playing oh god here we go and, and uh you know they're on stage and he's like hey i want to thank everybody for making me you know metal dad of the year here's our classic hammer smashed face <laughs> yeah yeah probably probably do um yeah but no okay. Oh man, Corpse Grinder! I'd love to talk to that guy on the podcast. Man, all that'd right, be, that'd be interesting. So, Christopher, you came up with our topic this week. Why don't you explain it to people? Well, this just came from a, a, a buddy of ours texting me one day, and um, I don't remember how he said it. It may have been favorite supergroup songs or something like that. And I was like, well, let's just do favorite supergroups. And I think this is one that's probably been done a lot on podcasts. And um, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. It's you, 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 I think you learn there's not as many as you thought once you start really thinking about it. That's kind of what I learned. Um, well, not as maybe, many. Maybe that, not many not, great ones. Not as many that actually matter. Like when I think of supergroups, I don't, you know, um, oh, I'm drawing a complete blank here. Uh, Frontiers Records is like, really big on like getting people together to record an album. They record the album never tour on it. So I don't consider any of those like super groups. Do you? 
No, I mean, not when you're going to have guys like, uh, I don't mean to, to pick on this guy. He's a great, great player. But, like, if you're going to get somebody like Doug Aldrich, well, the guy was never really big to begin with. And I, I'm not saying you have to be big, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, most, yeah, people like, don't know who, most people don't know who he is. Like if Sweet and Lynch were to tour, I would say that's a super group. But they've never played a show together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so, well, I mean, and, and some some of the ones that I, I mean, a couple of them that I'm that I named may kind of fall a little bit into that category. At least one of them, but but I, I know what you're saying. Well, mine, like they had to have at least played a show um, for me I to. Think on, I think I can't be a hundred percent sure on mine, but yeah. So anyway. I mean, yeah, for you know, supergroup is it gets a name. It's a term that gets thrown out a lot and. A lot of times you'll read, oh, they're a super group, and then you're like, what bands were they in? And they were bands that never really made it anyway. Um, yeah. You, you see that a lot. So what we're going to do is Chris has a list, and I have a list, and we're just going to kind of go through them and talk f- about each one for just a few minutes and uh, just see kind of where this takes us. Okay. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the ones. I'm going to start with the ones that I'm pretty sure you don't have on your list. Just so maybe as I kind of detail into mind that I think there will be more matches, you'll pick right up on those. Okay. To where they'll we'll kind of connect them. Um, you know, or, or you know, honestly, David, as I, as I mentioned them, just tell me if they're on your list, and let's just we'll knock them out at one time. Okay. Let's just do it that way. So forget what I was saying. Um, let's just start with one that I have on here that put out. Well, honestly, of all the super groups, one of my favorite albums of any of them for sure um blind faith and i just uh i love steve winwood's voice and of course sarah clapton ginger baker um the other guy nobody really knows i'm uh, sorry rick greg rick greg yeah I think. sorry sorry whoever you are but unfortunately you get that category of people who don't really know who you are um but yeah i just i just love i really love that album and I think it's one of the probably one of the best albums by any supergroup ever made. Well, they're kind of the they're kind of the the first. I mean, Cream. Some people think Cream technically was a supergroup, but Blind Faith is the first one I think that really really stood out and really mattered. Yeah, and it's a shame they just put out that one album. It's got like five or six songs on it, but all of them are good. Uh, you know, Can't Find My Way Home's been covered by everybody and their brother. Um, well, All Right is a great song. Uh, In the Presence of the Lord is a great song. You know, Had to Cry Today. A lot of those songs get covered a lot all the time. And, um, you know, Steve Winwood was in Traffic, Spencer Davis Group, and, of course, Clapton and Yardbirds and Cream and Ginger Baker, who's insane. Uh, have you ever seen that documentary about him? Oh, yes, I have. I mean, man, there's a lot going on that, there. That's a mean man. There's a lot going on. Yeah, so they, they they just put that one album out, you know, and they played their first ever show, if I remember correctly, was in like Hyde Park in London, you know, ton of people. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you, you probably, because you don't, I don't think you really keep up with them all that much. About 10 years ago, Clapton put out a live album called Live at Madison Square Garden. It's him and Steve Winwood. And, you know, they do some traffic songs like Dear Mr. Fantasy, but they play... Um, can't find my way home. They play uh, well, all right, and I think they play in the presence of the Lord. 
uh, all on there. You ought to, you ought to at least give those a, a listen. But it's it's cool. It's Clapton's band with Steve Winwood for the whole show, and uh, it's just re- it's just a really really good live album. That's cool. I will have to check that out. Next, I'm going to go with the. Um, I'm not going to say the only one because it probably isn't, but the only one that matters to me anyway, as far as the country supergroups and the Highwaymen. And I mean, just just when you just say Cash and Waylon, I mean, shit, man, the end. Yeah, you don't even know, you need to go further. But then you add Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson. I mean, what what a lineup of guys. Um, just amazing. I mean, granted, I like the individual works of Cash and Wayland better, and even Christopherson, that first record he did, I, I really love that record. Um, so, I mean, they weren't as good collectively to me, but still, I mean, just having those guys together, it, how can it not make a list? Yeah, that was a big deal, even, like, I remember that, and I was, you know, really young uh, when they came out, and I would say as far as star power goes, that's the most, uh, probably the second most uh, impressive lineup that there is. I think I've got one that I'm going to mention later on that that's probably bigger in name recognition. Uh, but uh, man, that was at the time you had, you know, four of the top guys in their field that got together and put out an album. Yeah, and Christopherson was a great, great known as an incredible writer. And I mean, and Christopherson, you think about it, I mean, he has. Uh, we've never done favorite country songs, which I, I think we ought to do that. Now that I'm thinking about that, um, but uh, Sunday morning coming down is to me top three country song ever made. And don't give me the cash version. I want Christopherson's. It just sounds so so down and out. Like it. I don't know. It's perfect. It's it, a perfect country. Didn't song. he write me and Bobby McGee? He did. He did. So, yeah, the man was quite the writer, or is the writer. Guy's still with us. Um, so when you name the biggest the biggest ones, is it Bad Company? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and mention Bad Company just because they, you know, they had a lot of success. And that's one that, you know, Highwaymen, obviously it's a super group. Some of the others I think are going to be pretty obvious they're super groups. I think a lot of people don't know that Bad Company was a super group because you had Paul Rogers a free um, you had another guy that was from Free. You have um, a guy from Matahoople, King Crimson. So I mean that that that's a super group right there. And those guys probably stand out more than most super groups to me because it wasn't like an album or two and they're done. I mean it was a full fledged band for many many years, and so it, it I mean, and that's probably why they're not even looked at as a super group. Right, and I really love Bad Company, and they, uh, they're like their greatest hits album. I mean, that's one of the all-time greatest greatest hits albums. You know, yeah, they're, they're, it is. there's nothing bad on there. And then uh, I'll be honest with you, I liked several of those albums they did with Brian Howe. Um, Here comes Trouble and Dangerous Age and Holy Water. Uh, you, you could get some good songs out of that. And then you know they've gotten back together and uh, and tour and. A couple years ago, I forget, um, I forget the guitarist name. Uh, is it Mick Ralphs? Is that who it is? Yeah, he yeah. was he was really sick or or, or recovering from a stroke, and they were going to go on tour. 
And uh, Paul Rogers heard that uh, Rich Robinson was a big fan of Free and Bad Company. And so he asked Rich if he wanted to come play, you know, those parts on the tour. And Rich, you know, absolutely loved it, said it was uh, fantastic. But, you know, Paul Rogers has one of the all-time great voices. It, it's He's got one of those voices, when you hear it, you know it's him. And they just put out some iconic songs that, uh, and it's uh, songs that you hear a lot on the radio, but I never get tired of listening to them. Yeah, they stood the test of time. There's no doubt. And yeah, he's definitely one of the greatest, some of the greatest pipes on any singer of all time. And he's, you know, people mention people, you know, guys like Freddie Mercury and all that. And yeah, he's great and all, but Paul Rogers is the rock voice. I mean, it's just a good rock and roll voice. Um, no, great, great band. Well, I mean, his voice is so good, you know, he fronted Queen for a while. Yeah, true. Well, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going I'm to throw, throw a few lesser known, and then we'll kind of, actually probably most of these are kind of lesser known coming up. i still got a couple of names, but band we've talked about before on here, um, The Neurotic Outsiders. Only did one album. And, um, you know, this was uh, John Taylor of Duran Duran, Duff McKagan, Guns N' Roses, Matt Sorum, Guns N' Roses and the Cult, Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols. Now, one thing I didn't know that I recently found out is that initially it was, um, initially Billy Idol and Steve Stevens were in it. And I think that uh, Steve Jones replaced. I think Steve Jones and John Taylor replaced them. I don't know how that really works. Do you do you have Steve Stevens guitarist? Are are you pulling a Todd Pool on me and 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 knowing where I'm going with everything? No, no. I, I well, it wasn't, wasn't intentional, <laughs> but I'm because I because I I have them as well. And I was reading about that, and I was like, oh, Chris loves Steve Stevens and Billy Idol. I, I don't know if he knows this or not. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I I would have. I would like to see, you know, but Steve Jones and Billy Idol, you know, they've done some touring together recently, um, doing like his doing like Generation X and Sex Pistols and all that kind of stuff. But I would, I wish, I wish they could have just kicked John. I mean, John Taylor's a great bassist. Don't get me wrong, but the only thing that keeps this album from being great is John Taylor on vocals. He is on a scale of one to ten, he's about a two. All right, so. I like this album, and and they, I didn't, I honestly, I never heard of them until about three years ago. Decibel Geek did a podcast, and they talked about them. All right, so that's what I'm going to ask you. There, everybody, there's several different people singing on that. The kind of the single was Angelina. Is that John Taylor singing that, or is that Steve Jones? Because it's not Duff. Oh no, it's Steve Jones. No, okay. no, John Taylor. Trust me, you will know the John Taylor songs. They are bad, bad as far as the voice. Um, he just sucks. Great bass player, but. I mean, how they let him talk his way into singing songs, I don't know. Because Steve Jones and Duff sounded cool. But yeah, this this is a this is a super group that could have been even better if they had Billy Idol singing in the place of but I but I guess if it were Billy Idol you wouldn't have had Steve Jones and Steve Jones sounds really, really good on this album. But so that's kind of a you know, a little bit of a lesser known one. Um I'm gonna go with a one that's a more recent and I, I really hope they'll put out another record i um you know we we just two when we, the year we started this podcast so about two years ago i had this as my album of the year and that's dream car 
and Dream Car is, um, you know, it's it's all of no doubt, minus Gwen and Davey Havoc of AFI. And it sounds absolutely nothing even close to the same music that either one of those that the, those bands have put out. I mean, straight up new wave. And it doesn't sound like a band just trying to do new wave. It sounds like something that could have been released in 1983 and done and have been very successful. Um, phenomenal album. I mean, I cannot say enough good things about it. If if you haven't listened, haven't heard a podcast and we have talked about them, maybe you're newer to listening to us. And if you are, thank you. But if you've never heard dream car, stop listening to us right now it's go, go listen to that album you won't regret it it's really really good i still listen to it i listened to it about a week or so ago uh and i mean uh we even got our boy steve wright who uh who's a big metal guy he he listened to it even talked about it on his podcast yeah and he's metal only i mean yeah. for the most part he's metal and hard rock only and even he loved it i mean and he said that many times he mm-hmm. talked about how much he likes it um Let's kind of stay a little bit more in that vein, and I'm gonna go with one that's um, not real known, but um, to the to the people of the '80s and all that like these bands they come from, they're they're known. But they only did only did the one album, but Electronic, which is Johnny Marr of The Smiths and Bernard Sumner of uh, Joy Division and New Order. Um, it's a like I said, it's a lesser known one, but a unique pairing. Because when you think about what New Order did and what you know, Joy Division did and think about the Smiths, I mean, about the only thing they have in common is they're from the UK and they weren't mainstream music. Those, that, those are only two things they really seem to have in common. But it was a, it was a cool record. I remember I, um, a friend of mine burned that for me. And I, I was in college when he first gave that to me. I had never heard of it because why would I have? You know, this is a floor... This is really before we were full-fledged into the internet, and um, you know it wasn't commercially successful. But if you like, if especially if you like New Order, I would give him a chance just because it's Bernard Sumner singing, and uh, I love Bernard Sumner's voice. Um, going through mine, um, you know, I, here's. Here's another one that's probably a, a little lesser known, but they put out a, one really good album, at least one, only one that I know of. I don't know if they ever came back with another. But uh, Monsters of Folk. I don't know if you ever listened to that. David. Yeah, it was what, Jim James and Connor Oberst? Yeah, yeah Jim James, Connor Oberst um, from Bright Eyes. Jim James being from My Morning Jacket. Uh, there was another guy from Bright Eyes that was in it. Uh, M. Ward who's another one of those kind of indie darlings. And uh, some guy named Will Johnson, I'm not real familiar with what he's done outside of this, but that was a really cool, just as the title would say, Monsters of Folk, it's, it's a folk record. And I really enjoyed that album. Um, and then, yeah, you know, one that I, I kind of debated putting on here, but it, I mean, it was a super group, but it was just a, really it was just a tribute album. But I think you kind of got, I think you have to include Temple of the Dog just because it's better and Cornell and it was at the peak of the grunge movement. And so it's a Jeff Ahmet, Stone Gossard, Mike McCready, Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam, Chris Cornell, and then Matt Cameron of Soundgarden, now Pearl Jam. And, um, obviously some really good tunes. Uh, and when I say it's just a, it's a tribute album that they did for, I mean, 
you should already know this if you're listening, but if you don't, tribute album for a guy named Andrew Wood of Mother Well, Love I mean, that kind of went on to be a super group because it was recorded in 91 before they all really got big. But, I mean, looking back on it, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's one that, and I mean, it, it, I guess the by definition it would have to be a super group, but it didn't, I, it's never quite felt that way to me. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then one that, you know, I, I kind of thought about putting this on the list and, and that, it, it kind of hit my popped in my head and then i saw that um when you tweeted about this favorite super group and i'd already been thinking about this one and um bb put he said damn yankees i was like you know what it's an easy one to forget a lot of times but when you think about what bands came from that now that's some star power and they were huge they were huge ted nugent Tommy Shaw of Sticks and Jack Blades of Night Ranger. I mean, for the time, you couldn't get a whole lot bigger as far as a supergroup, and and that was another one where they did it the full fledged band route. They were, yeah, they didn't have the longevity of a bad company, but it was a real a real band effort. Well, and they two they, albums they sold out arenas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, that first album, man, when I was a kid, I really, really loved that one. And then, as you mentioned Cream, and I kind of agree with you, but so the last one, well, no, i got two more quick ones. Um, i got uh, one on here that, uh, you know, I don't know if they played shows together. I know you said you stuck with bands played shows together, and I don't even know if they did. But um, the Hindu Love Gods, Warren Zevon. It's kind of like Dream Car, where there's just a band with a different singer. That's what this was. Basically, R.E.M. with Warren Zevon on vocals. And just a lot of cover songs. Uh, cool album. Uh, I really like that. Uh, it's one of those ones that's probably slipped past most people. But if you like Warren Zevon and you like R.E.M., give it a shot. You may like it. And final one, the most recent, I guess, well, aside from Dream Car, um, the winery dogs and you know right up there with a uh, cream level talent in the winery dogs uh richie Kotzen, who has a big career you know out, outside of winery dogs just he's not a name that people know um if you are unfamiliar with his name he's a just one of these started up kind of in the scene as a guitar shredder a just a great great player and he got the poison gig and then he's had a a long career, many, many albums. Great player. Sounds like Chris Cornell on vocals. And then you got Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater and about 18 other bands. And Billy Sheenan of Mr. Big and David Lee Roth. Well, and not forget, Kotzen replaced Paul Gilbert and Mr. Big for two albums. True. So. I do always forget that one. But that is my list. Yeah, we had we had a decent amount of uh, crossover. Let's see here. Yeah, so who did who did you have that I that I named? Blind Faith, Damn Yankees, uh, Temple of the Dog, Neurotic Outsiders, and Winery Dogs. So um, let's see. <clears throat> I just go run through mine real quick. Uh, I had Crosby, Still Nash and Young. You had Buffalo Springfield and Manassas. Uh, they were very influential in kind of the, you know, Woodstock type 
uh, folk music. Um, all of them went on to have you know great careers. Uh, Derek and the Dominoes. You had Eric Clapton and um, Dwayne Allman, and you had Bobby Whitlock on there. And uh, uh, of course, that one. You know that they only did one album, but man, what and an they're al- going to be one that most people aren't going to know is a supergroup, right? Honestly, yeah. they're yeah. going to just think of that's Eric Clapton's band before he was just did Eric Clapton, right? That's what um, people are going to think. Another one that I don't listen to now, but at the time was huge, is Bad English. Uh, you know, you had parts of you had parts of Journey, and then you had John Waite from the Babies. Um, yeah, and you know, and, that, and they they did. I mean, laugh at it if you want, but that when I see you smile, that's a good song. Yeah, and they were. I mean, they were huge, and they toured, and uh, yeah. So you got to. Um, Include them, and then here's the one that I think had the the more the only one that has more star power than I know where you're going to go. It just hit me. I swear, it just now hit me. Who is it? Traveling Wilburys. Yep. It just now hit me. Yeah. So you got Tom Petty, George Harrison, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, and Jeff Lynne. Uh, I mean, you've got the Beatles, you've got Tom Petty, Roy Orbison, who, uh, if you watch like that Petty documentary and, and any interviews about the traveling blueberries, like Tom Petty's like, he's sitting there with like George Harrison and, you know, Bob Dylan, but he's like, man, Roy Orbison's in this band. You know, uh, I, I think a lot of people forget how, what a big deal Roy Orbison was. And this is one of the last things he did. Uh, He's one of the greatest voices that's ever lived. Absolutely, and the song "Handle Me with Care," uh, "Handle with Care," I absolutely love it. Petty played it all the time. Uh, "End of the Line" is good. Uh, I'll be honest with you; there, there's a lot of stuff on there I didn't necessarily like all that much, but just from a sheer firepower standpoint, it, it just does not get any bigger than that. I agree, and you know the crazy thing is, I've never. Did they do two albums? Yeah, they they they. I think the I think the second one is like maybe called like Volume Three or something like that. And I don't. I've never listened to an album in its entirety. It, it's I never it's have. it's hit or miss. To be honest with you, but I mean, uh, you know, Handle with Care was a huge hit. End of the Line was was a big song. But there's just no way you can talk about super groups and not talk about that one. Uh, I, I would agree with that. I would. I, I and honestly, they they should have made my list just because of that. You know, and and. But I, I think I probably didn't do as good of a job of taking out the aspect, not not worried about how much did I love it. Yeah, I said I like it. Just as far as the biggest supergroups and all, and the best supergroups, and that that's that's up there. And then uh, another band that's uh, a supergroup from Seattle, Mad Season.
had Lane Staley from Alice in Chains, yeah. Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. You had uh, one or two guys from like the Screaming Trees. Uh, that album they did was really, really good. They uh, remastered it and re-released it a couple years ago, along with a live show from the Moore Theater. Uh, River of Deceit, I'm Above, um, are just you know just great songs. I don't know anything is a really good song. Um, yeah, I really, really like Mad Season. You know, that's probably one of one of the more loved albums. I would, I, I, in my opinion, that may be one of one of the more loved albums of that whole scene. Yeah, people just, you know, really liked it. And, uh, you know, the the style of music was different than Pearl Jam. Um, you know, so Mike McCready, you know, his guitar playing was a little bit different. And w- sticking kind of in that vein, uh, you got to you gotta mention Audio Slave. You had Rage Against the Machine with Chris Cornell singing. Um, there, there, were, there were several songs on those first two albums that I really liked a lot. Um, not a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, but... Uh, I, I still think that those were solid, solid albums. Yeah, I wasn't. I never listened to the albums just because I, I didn't really like the stuff that much, honestly. And um, yeah, one that you can actually throw in there too, as far as just big star power. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I guess you got to bring up Velvet Revolver as well. All right, Todd Poole, that was my next one on the list. Uh, uh, I didn't know you were going to go there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've got uh, you know, you've got three quarters of the. Or three fifths of the last lineup of Guns N' Roses was Scott Weiland. Um, you know, a lot of people really rave about uh, that first album, uh, Contraband, had Slither on it, and it had the gr- that great ballad Fall to Pieces, which has some amazing playing by Slash on it. But I really like the second album a lot. Uh, probably a lot, a lot more so than the first one. To be honest with you, um, the second one I've listened to a uh, a whole lot, and uh, they do a on the bonus version. You'd probably like this, Chris. They do a version of Talking Heads' Psycho Killer, that's really good. But I mean, and you know, they did two albums, and then you know, you have the issues with Scott. And I really think had Scott not had his issues, they would have kept going. Well, I so I like. I like some of the songs of the first one. I did. I I have that, and I didn't get the second one. I just. I guess I, they didn't do enough for me to want to continue to be into their music. And it, it's one that I should like more than I, than I do, just because you know what it's comprised of. But I don't. Know, I mean, Scott Weiland was such a such a great vocalist. But I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just the the songs themselves didn't really do that much for me because there's talent in the band and just i mean scott wyland i mean let's let's think about it he really was a great singer mm-hmm. i mean i i may not have loved stone temple pilots I like some of the stuff i like core i liked them when they were more of a heavy heavy band but the man had a great voice Really great voice. He really did. Uh, my next one is not is one that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, but you, you have to mention them. They're a modern day super group, and that's uh, them Crooked Vultures. John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin, Dave Grohl, Josh from Queens of the Stone Age. Um, I think they've put out one album or two albums, but uh, kind of an odd pairing when you think about John Paul Jones with those guys. But nonetheless, they're very influential. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people really like them. Yeah, and that, you know that's one that I can't really give a fair assessment of, and it's one that I probably should listen to, 
because I know that that you know that Josh Home guy of Queens of the Stone Age. I mean, everybody loves that guy. It's probably one of those uh, just me. I'm burnt. I, like when they came out, it's like okay, Uncle Uncle, enough Dave Grohl. Right. Um, I mean, we've talked about that ad nauseum on here, but I mean, it's just. I mean, he, he he's he's a good drummer, and I guess he makes some decent enough songs, but. I don't get it. I do not get the popularity. I never will. But, but he's the drummer, so I might actually really dig that. I've just never really. I'm, I remember the single, the main single they had, had that really cool groove to it. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I should check them out. My buddy that I work with, Bobby, he he really he really likes them. Uh, another one that I'm just gonna mention because they do tour a lot and play a lot is the Hardworking Americans. Uh, Dave Schools from Widespread Panic, Dwayne Trucks from Widespread Panic, and then Neil Casal, who's been with uh, Ryan Adams and, and Chris Robinson, and then uh, Todd Snyder on vocals. Uh, they do tour a lot and uh, have have a really big following. That's you know some influential influential people there. Um, I'd never heard of them, but when, and I was I wasn't I wasn't getting excited at all as you're listening to my, as you're listening to them. And then you say Todd Snyder, and like okay. I could listen to that. I think you would like it. Yeah. So yeah. What are they called? I'm gonna write it down. Hardworking Americans. They that play all the time. They that, that that sounds like a Todd Snyder name. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So it's Dave Schools and Dwayne Trucks from Panic, and then you know Neil Casal. You know who he is, and then uh, Todd Snyder on vocals. I'll have to try that. Yeah. I, I, I love Todd Todd Snyder's just lazy vocal style. And then. Um, <laughs> Uh, a, a band that's put out a couple albums and I could pick through all the songs and come up with a good album uh, that I know a lot of people really love, especially our buddy Steve over at uh, Potter Than Hell, uh, Black Country Communion. Uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank now. Joe Bonamassa, uh, Jason Bonham, and um, Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes. Yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm reading Glenn Hughes' autobiography right now. It's really good, by the way. I, I've never really listened. I've never really listened to them, but I, I know that. I, so I can't really give a. I can't really give much of an assessment on that. If you went through, I think it's three or four albums. If you went through it, you could call enough songs to have a a, a good album. And then the last one that I'm going to mention, uh, I kind of feel the same way about. Um, uh, Black Country Community as I do about this band, but I can find stuff that I really like on there, and that is. Chicken Foot. Um, they were uh, Chad Smith, Joe Satriani, Michael Anthony, and Sammy Hagar. Um, you know, those are really big, uh, big names. But uh, and they don't tour really. Uh, when they did tour, I think they only did one tour with Chad Smith. And so, uh, anyway, you can't ignore those names. No, not definitely not. So uh, those are the ones that um, that I have, um, and uh, that, that's a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of bands. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I think we did we did more than I thought we were going to have, actually. You know, and you had, I mean, you had a good number of them too. I, I thought that I had a lot when I told you I had like eleven or twelve of them. Yeah, and I, let's see, I I think I may have even like skipped over a few. No, I at least mentioned. All of the ones that the ones that really stick out to me are uh, 
that I you know listen to or have listened to a lot is uh, Blind Faith, uh, Mad Season, uh, Velvet Revolver, of course the Winery Dogs, um, Derek and the Dominoes, and um, um, and Bad Company. Those are the ones I've listened to the most. I would say. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about my list as far as what the ones that I mean. Recently, for sure, it's going to be Dream Car. Yeah, because that one I just I absolutely love that one. Dream Car, that Neurotic Outsiders album, um, Bad Company. I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. So if you're listening and and think we left somebody out, um, send us a tweet at Digital Killed or a message on Facebook or. uh, however you want to get in touch with us and let us know and we'll may post some of those. I'm sure there's plenty that we forgot about. So Chris, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't, um, all that bad. That was an easy list to come up with. It was easy. And, uh, I know one of the ones we discussed that we might be doing next or the time after it's going to be super, super easy too. So we got another one. I think we'll be able oh, yeah. to, uh, We'll be able to knock out another one pretty soon. Yeah, so we'll do that one, and then um, we'll probably have maybe one more before we go to uh, Rockin' Pod, August the 10th in Nashville. If you're in and around the Nashville area uh, and want to go, come on by and see us and tell us hello. We'll have some free stuff to give away. A lot of people came by to see us last year that uh, that listen, and we really appreciate that. And it's just going to be a fun hang with, with us and a lot of our friends. Yeah, come on out. Come so. That is going to do it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week.